Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Alstime Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. Yes, it's me. I can't, I, I really struggle getting that intro. I really do. Yeah, but, ladies and gents, have ladies you heard, uh, have you hearing something very, very different today? You're hearing something different today. Mm-hmm. We have, my, we, we have real, real audio now, so... We're actually sounding sub- somewhat normal, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We spent we spent all day um, figuring out how to how to do it, and we we, we tried to do it on Discord, and work, and now we're doing it on Skype still. Hey. Honestly, I I spent like an hour trying to figure out loads of different methods before realizing that Skype had a built-in recording. Thanks, Skype. Savior, as always. Yeah. Um. Wow, yeah, okay, so... So, yeah, so here we are. This week we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Finally! It's been months, but we're doing it. When did it came out? It came out in December. So we did the original Wonder Woman ages ago, weeks and weeks ago. So if you guys want to, you know, watch our video on the first Wonder Woman uh, and, you know, listen to our thoughts, that was all way back then. But, yeah, now we're finally here doing the the sequel, only about six months later... (laughs) And we're gonna talk about one. Uh, no, not one division. One no, no, I don't want to talk about one division anymore. Please. Uh, Please. We're gonna talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier later today. Yes. So yes, we are. Just, just transport over to your favorite bit of the podcast or whatever. Yeah, we got, so. we got, we got, we got time codes. You don't need to. You don't need our help. You can just yeah, hop you on over. But yeah. we'll start off with a little bit of news. We got a new trailer. For Fast and Furious 9. Fast 9. The Fast Saga. Uh, I'm actually hyped for this. I'm really <laughs> hyped. Because... Well, go on. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> um, it, it just looks ridiculous. And mm. and it's, as a huge film lover, we all, um, you know, argue the logic on the Fast and Furious films. But no, we shall not be arguing the physics the laws of physics in Fast and Furious because it's supposed to be stupid and fun. So yeah, I mean, I've we've spoken about this before on the podcast. I've seen the first seven, haven't seen eight or Hobbs and Shaw, but I kind of get the gist of it. So I thought you know it'd be worth watching the trailer. And yeah, it does look like a load of fun. It looks absolutely bonkers. You know, like we're going to space, we're doing all this stuff. You know, John Cena's here, Han's back. Oh wait, wait, know, wait. other characters from Tokyo Drift. Oh yes, Tokyo Drift. Do, mm. do, do. Sorry, that's the. That... Uh, but yeah, Tokyo Drift. That was a good one. Um, yeah. Hey, where was John Cena? I can see him. <laughs> I, d- I don't. I don't know. I I saw him. I saw him in the cast, and I was like, well, he must be here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Again, uh, it's good to see Han back. Yeah. Um, and his name is Han Solo. That's true. That's that is correct indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good sneaky way of it is the uh, beloved Star Wars character there. Definitely. I mean, what I am wondering though is kind of like how far because obviously they're going to space now. They've done like halo jumps with cars. They've raced against like a submarine. Like I don't like. I'm <laughs> I just wondering like what what how oh, far yeah. are they willing to go? And they did it to a helicopter. They went to buildings and. Mm-hmm. Again, this is stupid, and I love it, okay? Because Fast and Furious, it has a special place in my heart, okay? Yeah, no, it's 
there's, there's definitely a lot to like. I, I think before the film comes out, I will be watching Eight and Hobbs and Shaw. But like, I don't know, I, because I don't really have like a huge hankering to watch, you know, any of them after Seven. I really felt like for me, Seven could have been like the cutoff point because it was such a perfect ending, and all the stuff they did with like Paul Walker was really like yeah. brutal. Yeah, that was uh, a bit weird um, because me and my dad we watched Fast and Furious Eight uh, for the first time because we didn't we didn't watch the other Fast and Furious films. You watched Eight before any of the others. Yes, I'm what sorry. What Sorry. was that like? Were you uh, confused? Uh, no, no. Huh? I was just. It, it, I mean, eight was actually really good because you don't need a lot of background. But, um, but it, it, I was just like, oh, okay, that's that's really cool. But then, once you like watch the others, you're like, wow, wow, this is a really good franchise. Um, mm. Apart well, from to... <laughs> two, um, <laughs> too fast, too furious. No, well, okay. I mean. I used to be one of the people who kind of scoffed at Fast and Furious. I used to kind of be like, oh, it's it's just like stupid and and it's not high highbrow entertainment. But I must say it is the highest brow of entertainment after watching them. I am indeed a fan. Yeah, it's 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 really entertaining to watch. Kind of save someone else. Oh right, okay. That's yeah. Oh, okay, right. It's it's all so strange. I love it. Yeah, it's strange as well. Uh, yeah. So we'll be talking about Fast and Furious Nine. Like we will, and we'll do an episode on all the other Fast and Furious films. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rank and talk about them, and to go in it each in order, just going the rating out of them. So yeah, we'll be talking about that in the future. So we will indeed. Yeah. But in the meantime, we do have some a good old casting news. Um, oh, this time news. again, second week in a row, more Indiana Jones casting news. So Indiana Jones five is, is is ramping up. You know, it's about to start filming, and they've just cast Mads Mikkelsen, who you will know from Rogue One, Casino Royale, Doctor Strange. He will be playing Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts three through five, and he has just been cast in an unknown role in Indiana Jones 
five. Now, obviously, like last week, um, there was the announcement that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to be in it and and John Williams would be coming back to score. Um, so, yeah, what are you thinking about Mads Mikkelsen? Um, yeah, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my prediction is he's going to be the villain. So. I mean, I think that's fair. He's all, he, he's it's very common that he's cast in villainous roles. You know, um, Lashif, Caecilius, um, Hannibal Lecter in uh, Hannibal. He he has had those roles, so I I would see that as as likely. But I also would like quite like to see him in non-villainous roles. He just starred in a film. What was I just just uh, last year? He starred in a film called Another Round, which is supposed to be real good, and I'm pretty. Pretty sure. Is he up for best actor at the Oscars? Uh, I want to. I want to say that he is. I want to say that that film has got some kind of another round Oscar yeah. nominations. Wait, what was the actor's name again? Sorry, that it went. The actor, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I, right. I, so I another... my, my brain decided to go think of a different conversation that we were talking about, like best actor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the best actors all, oh, and then you're thinking. I'm just like what? Mm. What? Yeah, no. So, um, so another <laughs> round has actually been nominated for best international feature and best director, and Mads Mikkelsen stars in that as well. So, oh wow! On what film? Uh, another round. Another round. Mm. Yeah. So it's a. It, it's. I think it's Danish or something. Um, but yeah, that's one that I want to check out. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen stayed Danish. Yeah. Well, so that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's going to be interesting. But Definitely. he plays like a supporting character or something else. That's going to be surprising. But you know. Yeah, I'd quite like to see somebody because you know Indiana Jones for the most part have got some you know pretty good like side characters. Like you know I think Short Round and Salah and Brody like they're just some really fun characters who have like some really like hilarious kind of interactions throughout the films i rewatched. Yeah. i actually rewatched um the nai jones films like in late 2020 and damn they're good <laughs> yeah, they're, really, yeah. There, they're good yeah yeah so um, i'll you watch them sometime uh, yeah we'll, we'll have to watch them before the the fifth one comes out for the pod oh yeah of course yeah and uh we'll for the pod for the pod a pod. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, we have a little bit more casting news. This isn't just any old casting news. This is like more of a casting confirmation. So we've heard before that Doctor Octopus, uh, Doctor yeah. Octavius. What? 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 Otto Octavius. Get... I forgot his first name. I forgot his first name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Why would you forget his name? Oh, so Doctor Otto Octavius, aka Doctor Octopus, aka Doc Ock. Um, <laughs> from Spider-Man 2 2004 Spider-Man 2 played by Alfred Molina for ages there have been reports that he's going to be playing a character in some kind of multiverse um, kind of event in Spider-Man No Way Home and he did in an interview with Variety he actually confirmed this and not only did he confirm that he's going to be coming back as Doctor Octopus he confirmed that he's going to be playing the same Doctor Octopus from Spider-Man 2, quoting John Watts, the director, as saying, in this universe, no one really dies. What do you think? Uh, disappointed. Same. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're probably thinking, why Why are you disappointed? <clears throat> Spider- oh, the character arc of Dr. Oct- 
Octavius, Dark, uh, Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. You know, in the film, he's trying to prove himself that he isn't a monster. Wait, is that it? I I haven't seen the film for a while. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 trying to he's trying to finish kind of what he started, and then and then oh, he ends yeah. the film by proving that he that he can use his intelligence, you know as a yeah. privilege as a gift and he can prove himself to me not be a monster so yeah you were halfway there oh, like I, you started on this amazing thing like yes like yes i i'd spider-man 2 wait what happens in spider-man 2 again <laughs> uh yeah i haven't seen it for a while so um he goes on a he, he goes uh, on a rampage after his um experiment gone wrong mm-hmm. and wife got killed in that or accidentally got killed in, in an unfortunate glass accident the glass accident that's yeah i went ah, 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 and and then didn't she didn't yeah. cover her hands she didn't just like raise her hands and just it's fine what are you gonna do yeah and then um he's trying to um use the black hole i haven't seen the film for he, he uses he uses tritium to create a, a huge amount of energy um using fusion and something yeah. Science stuff. Science. Science. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, I remember the character arc for Dr. Octopus. So, yeah, that was a fitting ending for him in Spider-Man 2. But no, they wanted oh. back for the Spider-Verse film, the Wait No Way Home. Why, Marvel? Why was you worried a character arc that was going to be so good? But no. You... I have I have to agree with you there. Um, It was so, like... That. Yeah, it Why? was it was emotionally. It really had that kind of punch to it. And then now they're just saying, well, no one really dies. You know, he. Sh- I mean, in theory, he should come back as a good person. But because at the end, he finally takes back control of his arms, and you know, he does the right thing and makes a sacrifice for himself. And then to come back and just hate Spider-Man again, it feels like they're going in the opposite direction. I hope at the very least, obviously, Sam Raimi is filming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I think he's got like one week of filming left. I hope that they, at the very least, they talk to him and they say, okay, where do you think this character should go? It's just like, you know how in WandaVision, when Quicksilver showed up, to the audience, that is huge because it's the X-Men Quicksilver, but to the characters, it means nothing because they've (laughs) never met this Quicksilver before. Whereas, you're you're right there. Yeah, I'm just laughing about Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. <laughs> Boner. Um, yeah, it's like that. If Tom Holland, if his Spider-Man meets Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus, they don't know each other. There's no kind of... There's there's just no kind of rapport there. I don't know. I just... I hope they do it well. I don't really think they will. But yeah, I guess in the end, it's not going to ruin Spider-Man 2. Because it's um, a whole different all that it doesn't have to ruin spider-man 2 yeah and uh and i feel like what if that's gonna ruin other character arcs for like oh the reason is Spider-Man 2 electro right exactly well i mean did electro really have i mean i wouldn't say electro had a character arc but did he? I, I thought he did but he didn't you mean he, he just kind of gets angry and then dies oh yeah. so I mean, I feel like there's not really much to ruin with Electro, but I get your point. You're taking these characters and, and, and you're changing the context behind which they kind of die. It's not. Yeah, and everyone is just uh, just like, 
oh, remember that character? Like, oh yeah, um, but he, you know, he dies in the film, and the, and he has a great character. Let's take him out. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tactic. At the end of the day, it feels like it's a tactic to get the fans on board. You know, people who love the Raimi films. It's a tactic to make them kind of want to see the film. Same with people who love the web films. You know, it, it it's that kind of idea. Oh, how do we get these kind of how do we get these kids on board? Oh, let's show them what they really like. You know, let's appeal to the memes, John. The memes appeal right to the memes. Yes. Um, but shall... oh, gone. Um, one more thing. Um, I hope Marvel's not. You know being stupid using these characters that um you know trying to go hey remember that character oh he's not dr octopus he's ralph boner (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that would be the greatest twist of them all if ralph boner was dr octopus oh no no oh god it's ralph what if they what if what if they wreck on it so at the, end of, at the end of Far From Home, when Peter's identity is revealed, Spider-Man isn't Peter Parker, it's Ralph Boner. <laughs> now that and, and then, <laughs> is what I need and then, to see. And then Daredevil, um, uh, he, uh, I forgot his real name, I don't know Matt why. Matt Murdock. Yeah, Matt Murdock, yeah, I remember now. So Matt Murdock's like, Your Honour, this is not Peter Parker. This is Ralph Boner. Mr. Boner here... <laughs> Mr. Boner is he is here to present himself as not Peter Parker and not Spider-Man. He himself is Ralph Boner. I have no idea what you just said, but I'm going to apply with a yes. <laughs> I agree. Yes, yes. Mm, this is Ralph Boner. Um, yeah. So again, we're disappointed. Why? <laughs> yeah. We'll never know. We'll know. I mean. However, Wait. now watch this, what? watch this, watch this amazing segue now. I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home might sound bad, but you know it isn't bad. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Heck yeah, baby! Woo! Now that, now that is... Okay, spoiler zone, true. this is a spoiler. Get, get out of here, get, get Spoilers, out of here. go watch it. It's, it's actually a really good show, so like, you should really watch yeah, it. You it's, watch it. It's super doing well. It might be one of the best TV shows if they've not dropped the ball so far, but... One episode left. One episode every left. week. Good. Every week for five weeks, I have been saying, "Don't drop the ball, Marvel, please, please." And they haven't yet. They yeah. haven't yet. 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 We all yes. remember One Division. So this is spoilers. Get out. This is spoilers. Okay. Are they gone? Away with you. Be there or be square. Uh, are, so, they gone? are they gone? I mean, I don't know. I can't see them. Is it John Cena? John Cena, he's about to kill us. No, it's the predator. No, it's the There's Terminator. A dog barking somewhere. Bark, bark. What? Oh my god, you were <laughs> dog the whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, um, okay. First of all, I want to say this is the best episode of this season. This series, I, I just absolutely love it. It could be. It could. I mean, the fact that in the penultimate episode there was barely any action and it slowed everything right down. It it was like, okay, let's, we've done, you know, we did two episodes of character. We did two episodes of plot. I'm generalizing here. Obviously, there was plot and character in both. And then they took it straight back, and they're doing an episode of character. We got to take a breath. We got to fix a boat. You know, we got some more time to see what everyone's up to, where everyone's at. You know, 
what I think the most impressive thing about this episode is at the beginning of the episode, I was like, dude, Sam can't be Captain America. There's just nothing there, you know, for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's I no was way like, that I... that can happen. And yeah. by the end of the episode, in that training montage, I was like, oh, man, this is Captain America. Like, yeah, this yeah. That... The, 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 oh, that montage was really cool. And again, I will talk about the... Um the fight sequence at the start but this montage i was like yo this this is captain america because you know ah it's just like the episode if you watch the entire episode and or or the entire series series and season um you just realize oh um, he can't be captain america but then once you just like understand understand what he's doing and the montage it's just great it's just it is the the thing that I love about it is you know the whole season the whole episode the whole season everything has been telling you you know Captain America is this kind of outdated icon no one can kind of live up to this legend no one can be what Steve Rogers was and I think what Sam learns is is that he doesn't have to be that kind of outdated kind of symbol he can move forward you know he doesn't have to be just the black Captain America he can he doesn't want to forget, you know, his history. He wants to use it to 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 create something better in the future. And yeah. and, and I think that whole episode really kind of solidified his arc. And I, I'm so grateful, man. I love it. I I really, really appreciated it. Yeah. What what the heck is that playing? What? Oh. What? Uh, no, listen, listen, I just heard Don? something playing. Are you I dead? That. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't know what just happened. I I just heard something playing. Uh, I'm sorry about that if you heard about that. Um, didn't hear I, anything, John. But I just don't know what just played in my. Uh, I just don't know. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm over here uh, talking about like the deepness of 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 Falcon and Soldier, talking about how good Sam's arc is, and you're just like, what's what? Something's happening. What's playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry about that, ladies and gents. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, about you know, having that arc of uh, like uh, Sam realizing that he doesn't want to be um I, 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 you, you know what you said yeah i agree with you said. just, I don't just what i said basically I, I, yeah i liked it i loved it yeah um yeah and like some really deep moments in uh, in the um in the episode um and you really think about john walker's character you 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 don't understand him but you do understand it sometimes because you know he's angry <laughs> He's, he's sad um you can empathize with it i think yeah yeah because you know he's a bit he's a bit a uh, very conflicting conflicting character in in this uh in this season and and you know when he visits lamar's parents um it's a very very sad scene because he said i killed the person who killed lamar even though lamar wasn't killed by that person at the end of episode four, yeah, it was Carly. So, and and then you go, oh wow, he's just not really understanding the situation that Carly just killed Amar. So, yeah, and then you just think, yeah, wow. it definitely feels like he's kind of desperately trying to justify himself. He's yeah. like, no, no, I killed, I I killed, I killed who killed Lamar, but he didn't. And there's and there's a lot of you know accountability to be had and to think about. You know, the fact that you know. We got so we got Morris Ira Bradley in this episode, and it was it was great. I, I, and 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 the fact that he in his story he kind of talks about how he went back to save like his friends, 
and for it he got thrown in prison. And for when Captain America did that back in World War Two, when he goes back to save Bucky and he liberates all those men, he gets the he gets a Medal of Honor for it. He gets commended. He becomes the legend that is Captain America. You know, he gets given the best technology. You know, the best shield gets to put together his own strike force and basically single-handedly take down Hydra. Whereas yeah. Elijah Bradley gets thrown in prison, and it's a similar thing where Captain America kills someone in cold blood you know in front of the world you know cameras everywhere they see what he's doing he loses the shield you know and all that he's given is a slap on the wrist and an an honorable discharge you know he doesn't get those real consequences and i still think that that there's a really nice kind of juxtaposition there yeah where true kind of justice is skewed yeah and it makes it and this is why we like um about like um you know marvel because it's just you know it's looking into the issues of the real world and you know how that applies to different characters and for tony for captain america uh, for steve i think yeah yeah so but then it's about like the characters that were hidden and and it makes you think about it so yeah so yeah this show definitely does reflect you know some of my favorite mcu stories i like things like iron man 3 and the the winter soldier that delve into kind of the political world and like you know the characters in ways of like ptsd and such and I think one of the reasons why this show kind of works so well is that it it brings reality, you know, the real world even further into the forefront. You know, it, it gives all these political themes in such a refreshing way. Like, it's so good to to get some, you know, the MC is kind of marketed as like, you know, the real world. Is That's kind of like how it was originally marketed. Obviously, now it's so far from that, which is cool. Um, but my a load of my favorite superhero stories or comic book stories in general take you know superheroes in the real world things like you know Man of Steel, Logan, Watchmen, um, Kickass stuff like that. It it it's it, it's it's you know that like even the Dark Knight and stuff like these these properties these films these stories that they they can play with <laughs> they can play with themselves they can have fun with it you know they can kind of they can they can be like oh yeah we know they're kind of in a big silly comic book film but they can also kind of ask yeah but what if that you know what if it was like in in the real world and i think the the fact that falcon the winter soldier plays itself very tongue-in-cheek while also being very serious and and not being um too comical yeah yeah right i was really worried from from the from the trailers that it would be too comical but what they've done is they've made it they they haven't underdressed the the seriousness of some of these issues you know you can't just you know i feel like the decision to not just make sam captain america is super smart you know to have him go through this whole thing and and you know not just brush over the fact that you know it is going to be different for a black man it is going to be different making captain america in 2023 than it is in in 20 in 1945 or whenever captain america became a thing i i think just that whole thing is so clever and i'm i'm loving it so much um, I, I think kind of mentioning the trailers, I did talk about how I was kind of annoyed that the trailers had shown Sam training with the shield, 
But, I mean, after watching that montage, I didn't care that we'd seen it in the trailers at all. It was so rewarding. And getting to hear Louisiana Hero, which is the song that's also placed in the credits, such a good piece of music. It uses the Falcon theme from Winter Soldier, and it has, like, some really nice chords in it, you know, kind of, like, taking it back to... um, you know, well, Louisiana, you know, like where Falcon's from, while like giving it that kind of heroic kind of flair to it. The music, as I always say, is top notch in this year. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, you, you just said everything about my work. Um, well, what, what do you kind of, because obviously Zemo, he kind of, yeah, like I, feel like that, I feel like that moment because, you know, you, you think, uh, you, as an audience, think that he's gonna um gonna get killed by Bucky but then that death is worse than well no 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 wait wait I'm not saying it right so uh, Bucky was about to kill him but then he wasn't so he shows him like the bullets just raining down on the ground and and it's like another shot that was ruined in the trailer unfortunately yeah that was in the trailer Marvel though it could be cool um uh <laughs> Yeah, so him yeah. having like shown the bullets raining down is like you're living and and you're gonna get imprisoned. So he yeah, it, it, Zemo was like accepting that he was gonna gonna get killed, but you no. Know, so um, it's like he Bucky's like tormenting him. Like he's like, ha, you're staying alive. I didn't. I, I he didn't breaks out and staying alive. He does some BGs. He's like staying alive, staying alive. Um, no, it's no, it's just like I don't know. It's just like um, the things that he's done in the past, and he really wants to let go, but he's still staying on. So yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but no, I I know what you mean. I think the show has has struggled with Zemo. I don't think Zemo has... We've talked about it in the past. Zemo hasn't always kind of been relevant. He's kind of sometimes been there just for the sake of it, you know. But I think that knowing when to take him out of the show is very smart, you know. Knowing that Zemo doesn't have a place in here. The Super Soldier Serum's done with, you know. The Wakandans can can now have him. He's challenged because he was there primarily to challenge Bucky. And I think... He, he did that. He did what he was there to do. He challenged him. He he asked these questions, you know, he is he still the Winter Soldier? Is he still all these things? And now, you know, now that these questions are answered and now that Bucky feels that kind of resolve in himself, he kind of talks about how um, him and Sam have the discussion and, and, and he, you know, he, and throughout the episode, he, he mentions how he, you know, he doesn't have to bring himself closure he can bring other people closure as well and, and you know that that's kind of been part of, of him kind of getting over being the winter soldier i think that it was it was smart just to be like okay zemo serves this role he challenges bucky you know and we don't need him anymore so let's not waste time with him around and i think they used him to his potential obviously he's going to the raft now which could mean he'll be back in the future maybe thunderbolts some people are kind of speculating that the other villains are in the the raft uh, abomination um obviously the the raft is headed by thunderbolt ross so and there is speculation about a thunderbolts film coming in marvel i'm not sure if it's confirmed or anything yet but yeah i also think i still think that that's they really struggle with sharon carter i i wouldn't normally care because oh. i i've never cared about sharon carter um, but after episode three, when they presented these really interesting things, like, you know, this is what happens. People are left behind when you're not a superhero and you just have to act like, you know, she's living on the run and, and living in hiding and such. 
and I just think it's a little bit boring for her to just be this kind of informant character. I would personally prefer it if she had a bit more to do, but you know, maybe she will, I guess. Yeah, um, I felt like that she is really left out in this in this season. Um, I wish there was like more time with her, but again, how how that what I don't know. So um, yeah, um, and it's really oh the fight sequence. Yeah, mm. that was a very brutal fight sequence. I appreciated yeah. that that fight. Obviously, it didn't. It was kind of like a, a civil war kind of fight, you know, like three people kind of fighting, you know, and I really like how they use Falcon's wings, his power set in this. It's really cool. Obviously, the, at the end, they had that whole kind of like Captain America's like new suit, which I'm really excited to see. But I hope that he still has his wings because I love, you know, the uniqueness of Falcon's wings. I know that he gave his wings to Torres and in the comics, Torres just become this kind of new Falcon. Um, but I do hope that he's not just like Captain America again with the new suit. I hope that he is, you know, he's still got that like uniqueness that made him so cool and so uh, and so interesting in fight scenes um, before. So so yeah, I, I really liked all of that, uh, yeah. and I thought I'd address. Obviously, there was the whole talk of this cameo, and the cameo turned out to be Madam uh, Hydra. Madam Hydra, right? So she was supposed to be in, according to Deadline, she's supposed to be in Black Widow, which originally would have aired first. So it seems like they're kind of, it, they, they might be building up Madame Hydra as this kind of villain across mediums. Well, what do you think? Yeah, so I was just very confused. I was like, where's the cameo? Where's the cameo? <laughs> but no, it's... it's... Is, it, is it Paul Bettany again? Oh, no, John Cena. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was a bit disappointed, really, because we could have seen, like, a very unique character. Like, me, uh, we, we were just talking about it yesterday. No, the day before, yeah, about um, who's going to be the new character. And we predicted that it's going to be Kingpin, because that would have yes. worked well for... I mean, you know, we still don't really know who the power broker is. It could be Madame Hydra. It could be Kingpin. It could be Sharon Carter. It could be. It could be. Because there was obviously the whole thing where Sharon Carter sent Betrock the Leaper to Carly at the end. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, that, I guess that's it for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, I, I guess so. Um, so before so, we move on to our main segment, I have to, I have to, I have to make amends, John. I have to do it. Oh, oh, he's going back in time to make a man. I'm going back in time. 88 miles per hour, let's go. Last week we talked about Restore the Snyderverse, and after we were finished recording, I oh. wanted to kick myself, in all honesty. We... I might cry. When I... When oh, we... I cry. Come on, man. <laughs> let, me, let me cover it. Let me cover working, it. Working on the um, thumbnail, I, I, I said, okay, I really want to talk about Green Lantern. I love Green Lantern in the comics. He's one of my favorite. I don't think the film was that good, but I love Green Lantern in the comics. One of my favorites. I'm wearing a Black Lantern ring right now. Literally. Yeah. I said to, I said yeah. to our thumbnail guy, I said, dude, we've got to have Green Lantern there. <laughs> and what did we do, John? We forgot to talk about Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, let's 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 talk about Green Lantern. Okay? Yeah, so we'll quickly talk about Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter. We didn't talk about them last week, so let's just give a little bit of a Restore the Snyderverse follow-up. Green but Lantern, was... what do you think? 
yeah, I, okay, I don't know much about Green Lantern. Yeah, you know, I haven't read the comics. I haven't really explored much of. Well, that that's a that's an issue we have to resolve. The the new Fifty Two run is absolutely wonderful. Really. It's, the the first three are written by Jeff Johns, and then after that, I think it's Robert Venditti, I think, and it's really good. It's really okay. good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, it's really successful. So Zach was gonna do John Stewart Green Lantern at the end of Justice League. The scene with Martian Manhunter could have been Martian Manhunter or Green Lantern, but apparently Warner Brothers didn't want that, so it was Martian Manhunter instead. I can't remember who was gonna play Green Lantern. He's on screen right now. There he is. But obviously also in the scene where Cyborg sees the future, he also sees Kilowog, who is an alien uh, lantern, um, dead, uh, like in the Hall of Justice, in, in that kind of scene. Uh, and, and, and some concept art was just released for Kilowog, actually. He looks really cool. I love some Kilowog in the comics. Um, I, I think, especially after the 2011 film, the Green Lantern stuff is something that i think sorely needs to be kind of revisited and looked at again and i think it makes sense that you know especially after teasing green lantern in the history lesson and stuff it makes sense that if dark side was going to attack there would be this kind of huge it wouldn't just be the uh, earth protecting it it the, the planet it would be you know other because if this is like the final step for dark side to dominate the universe i think green lantern makes sense to me to to help out you know yeah yeah i i understand um and then martian manhunter um yeah so will be there like a follow-up of like explaining on martian manhunter i i'm i'm sh- i'm sure that he would have had a bigger role in justice league 2 i wasn't a huge fan of him in the snyder cut in all honesty I think the scene with him, with Martha Kent, that should have just been Martha. I think having it be Martian Manhunter doesn't add anything to the scene. I think the ending is a good scene, but it's really, really weirdly tacked on at the end and feels more like it would be a post credit stinger or something like that. Um, or just not there, in, you know, entirely. Or Because or, I, I feel like I, I liked it, but it was so just random at the end, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, they could have done a lot more with Marshman Hunter at the end of Snyder Cup, but um, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, it was a bit random. So, yeah, that's me uh, as continuing on the Snyderverse. So, uh, we've, we've done it. We've done it. We've covered all bases. Yeah. I can finally, I can finally rest now. Goodbye. I'm going. Right, I'm dying. Right, I'm like dying. What I'm ascending. Did, like, I'm ascending. Right. Yeah, I'm sitting down and watching the sunset on a great, on a grateful universe. When I say grateful universe, I mean like the one person who cared, which is me. I'm, I feel like I'm the only one who actually gave a shit. <laughs> oh, Neil. Okay, yeah. let's talk about Wonder Woman, 1984. Yeah, you just transported to uh, 1984. Oh, we're here. Everyone's wearing um whatever people wore in 1984, sweatpants and 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 headbands. Yeah, that's cargo that. shorts, um, parachute pants. Wearing really weird clothes, and they thought it was trendy, but <laughs> it was trendy. You know, no, no one could tell them otherwise. It's the eighties; everything's there. Hmm. Uh, now, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. What did you think? Okay, so I watched the film yesterday, and I, I, I don't know. It was just a bit. 
okay i don't i don't hate it but i don't know uh i mean it's a it's a really good film but i just felt like meh i don't know i i right i don't know i know what you mean i think immediately for me it doesn't come close to the first film yeah i think the first film is and obviously the first film has its issues we talked about it when we did Wonder Woman, the first film's third act is abysmal. Yeah. But I, I, I think the first film is a big success. I think it does so many I, things right. Yeah, it's it's really good because, like, it really makes you understand a bit more of Wonder Woman because we watched um, Batman v Superman and she just came out, like, saving um, Batman and Superman. So, yeah, that, I thought that was really good to follow up on, like what she's been doing but then we just got Wonder Woman 1984 and this one was a weird one it definitely was I think I think immediately it doesn't have the same explicit problem of a bad villain but this time there are two villains and I definitely preferred Maxwell Lord to Cheetah I mean I, I think I think immediately this whole kind of trope of the kind of geeky girl who's like wearing glasses and such and then she she kind of wakes up one day and takes them off and changes up her look a little bit and suddenly she's suddenly she's glamorous and suddenly she's everyone looking at her at the party yeah. and stuff and obviously yeah. they take this concept like really extreme but i just didn't really connect with her story the same way that i did with maxwell lord yeah, yeah i i agreed because i felt like she was just there for you know really to like help with um wonder woman's like her life like you know What's she gonna do? Um, is she gonna find someone else, or is she just gonna, you know, continue this way of living and like meeting new friends? But um, yeah, I felt like she was a bit there, for, you know, like justice for the character. Um, you know. The, the yeah, way. it's definitely. I mean, she does present this kind of stark opposite to Diana of what can happen. You know, if if you kind of wish the wrong thing and it takes that kind of toll on you. But I felt like if you took away Cheetah from the film, you could have such a tight... You know, I feel like the film in the second act, it really struggles, you know? It really kind of meanders along. It's kind of like, okay, we're doing this and we're going... You know, we've got to go to Egypt now. Is it Egypt? Oh, yeah. Cairo. Yeah. Cairo, right? They go to Cairo and I, I felt that that was just a bit rushed to, to be honest that was like, such a strange scene yeah like trevor just like hey diana look at this this is a this is a ticket and we could go on a plane let's go on a plane to cairo huh yeah right it was like they go there and they have to like it, it just felt like it's such a weird detour you know nothing huge happens you know I, maxwell lord he gains more power but yeah. other than that, um, like, there's this very strange action sequence. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay. I think the scene where he go, they go to uh, Cairo was a bit pointless because it didn't really push the story. It was just there for the action. And if the action pushes along with the story, I mean, I'm talking about the Fast and Furious films again. Like, yeah, I did the story, like, what's going to happen on screen. But then, and if the location's right, or, you know, if it really, you know, really impacted the story, that's good. But they didn't really do anything that much in this. 
Yeah, it didn't feel like it really took the characters anywhere, other than maybe showing Wonder Woman's first signs yeah. of losing her powers. Yeah, making her vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable. 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 This is me learning words. <laughs> um, That's next episode. Tom teaches John all the words. Um, next week's episode is going to be interesting. Um, oh, yes, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, yeah, I yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I just laughed at loud for no reason. <laughs> like, um, okay, so later on the film, Lord Maxwell. Um, <laughs> Lord Maxwell. Is it Maxwell? Maxwell Lord. <laughs> It's not Lord Ma- he's not a l he's his name. I'm I'm an idiot. Um uh, <laughs> Lord uh, Maxwell, uh, please Lord, okay. give so me he your wishes. He addresses uh the the the, the nation and, and the world, yeah, the world as well. And like saying, wish for anything. And then there was like uh, two characters who were arguing like, I hope you that at you Irish people go back to where you came from and then and then the I the Irishman just goes, Well, I hope you dropped it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there was this it was a very strange bit of kind of political like was it political satire? Um linking to kind of like the rift between England and Ireland in the 80s. And it was just so strange. Like it yeah. felt like it was doing it you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're it doesn't feel like you're doing like a man of steel, people on the ground being affected by what's happening. It just felt like a strange bit of like, oh look, the world isn't that different from back then. Um but done in a strangely comedic way. Yeah. And and I just felt like that was a very, very, very weird. Um, and again, with like having the wishes, I don't think that was a bit impactful. Mm. I felt like it was just there, like you know, just, just there, just like, oh, guys, make me powerful. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I really liked the finale. The so, finale. Oh, so yeah. Ba- I, basically. I like at, at the end, you know, Diana likes to saying truth is yes. It truth is beautiful. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's so it's so heartfelt and so it was very much kind of like Superman nineteen seventy eight or or the Raimi Spider Man films. It was so heartfelt, a little bit corny, but it really like got that. And and Hans Zimmer played Beautiful Life in the beginning of Batman v Superman. Yes, which I it, thought was so wonderful to hear back again. You yeah. know, and, and and that, like, I was sitting in the cinema, um, this kind of, like, uh, unofficial cinema, like, watching it, and it was, it was super impactful to, like, hear that music and, like, have this message told at such a point where, like, co- like you know, to give some context, in the UK, they'd literally just told us that, the, the, um, you know, they were going to stop lockdown, they were going to have a bigger lockdown over Christmas, so we weren't going to be able to see family and stuff. Um, and, and then, like, to hear that message, I feel like it, it's a film that did kind of come at the right time for me yeah. when watching it. Like, uh, if you forget about the failures of the film, it, it does have a really important message, and mm. um, and I really like that. So Yeah, the emotions of the film are what is is important in this case. There's a really good video essay by High Top's fil- High Top Films, where he talks about, like, you know, the film has so many failures, but it is super emotional. It has that impact that is so important. 
Yeah, and it's I, about, yeah. Go on. Uh, I just said it's just about the emotion. Yeah, yeah. Mm, definitely. Um, I have to say, though, um, you know, basically all the trailers were championing the golden armor. You know, the golden eagle armor? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that, uh, wait, uh, Asteria. Asteria? Yeah, 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 something like that. I was very disappointed. Yeah, I I thought that was going to be, like, really, really cool to do with the armor, but no. No, there's a... I think it's so odd. I really like the finale, but before the, the, before the finale, there is a fight sequence between Wonder Woman and Cheetah, and I thought it was dreadful, man. Uh, yeah. I, like, I didn't know what was going on, to be honest. I was yeah. Just... It was shot so... It, it, the, the, the lighting was so low-key. It was shot so dark. Uh, and, and it was underwater for a little bit. You know, you couldn't see any of the colours or anything like that. It was all, you know, really fast with these huge wings that eventually she just ditched. And it was so... I was just so confused as to, like... like I'm glad that the actual finale was more emotional than just kind of mindless fighting. But I really thought after the after the fight at the end of Wonder Woman, the first one, I kind of thought that they wouldn't do that again. But they kind of did. Yeah, they, they kind of did as well. I mean, it, it, it wasn't impactful, I feel. You know, but the fight scene, I just did not like that. I was just like, um... I think... I- I think all the cheetah stuff just didn't really do anything. It wasn't emotional for me or anything like that. It was it was the Maxwell Lord stuff, you know, about this kind of this failed businessman who who has this kind of uh he felt like this kind of like Gilderoy Lockhart kind of exterior where he is like this kind of like life can be life is good but it can be better, you know. And 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 he's this like big personality who's like a womanizer and all this stuff. But on the surface he just wants to make things better for his kid and 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 in doing that he do, he makes the wrong choices. And I think Pedro Pascal really sells that role. Yeah. Um yeah, I kind of it, it was just a bit of a mess really this film. I just thought you I know, agree. It, it 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 wasn't really a DC film. I just felt like it was just empty. Yeah, it definitely felt like the kind of film that would have been, you know, I, a lot of people did re- re- like, like compare it to the original Superman films. I think it would have been really at home if it came out during that time. You know, the kind of film that you look back on, and you're like, oh, it's really sweet. Yeah. It's got like it's got it's got so much heart heart to it, and it's really heartfelt. But it's not, you know. It doesn't really age well. There's not, like, a lot for the modern audience that kind of doesn't age well. Um, like, I think the action was very half and half. I really enjoyed the first action scene in the shopping mall. Yeah, I I, I like that as well. That was really good, that one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good I, kind I, of, like, I, opening. That's the only good fight scene that we found in, in the film. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just feel like that, you know, like, seeing her in, in, the, in the 80s, but... Uh, yeah, I just felt I'm just having flashbacks to The Amazing Spider-Man 2, you know, that great introduction. Yes. The film. I mean, I think, first of all, it's it's better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely liked it more than Amazing Spider-Man 2. But I get what you mean. There are so many aspects. I think visually it's very it's it's very good looking at a lot of the film, you know, the ending aside. The, The actors are all kind of putting in really good performances. And, you know, as you just said, the introductory action is really good. What did you think of Themyscira? Because it starts with this whole, like, um, Olympic-style scene um, 
with Diana, okay. Diana kind of con- competing and then like taking a shortcut. And then the lesson is that she has to choose between like what is fair and what is easy, you know. Um, okay. And I think, well, what I, did you think of it? I, I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit. It was a bit of a lengthy introduction, to be honest. Definitely, you know? it was a lengthy introduction. I agree, but I do think it. I think it was a bit forced. Yeah, it was, it was a bit like it was. It was very forced. I can tell it was very forced because you know, it, it didn't really, you know, really pushed. Like thinking back to like what the main theme of the film is truth, but you know, it didn't really you know push forward, but it just went backwards, and that's it. I feel like it was it was you know the creatives thinking how do we how do we get connie nielsen and robin wright how do we go back to themiscura let's do something fun with that and i think it worked well for the message of the film but i do think it was just a strange way to open the film yeah yeah. did you watch the mid-credit scene yes i did oh that was a strange one yeah that was a very very strange one because you know the film was a mess there was some failures that was a good finale though but the end the, the, the credit scene what the heck that's the original wonder woman and uh, uh who uh you know played in the yes linda show. Carter. tv show right yeah yeah yes linda carter yeah 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 and she's just that as playing as hysteria so yes this is gonna be interesting uh you know wonder woman 3 so yeah, so whether they do Wonder Woman 3, I guess... I think they kind of set up Asteria, and then there's also Cheetah didn't renounce her wish at the end. So Cheetah is still Cheetah. So there's still that kind of possibility. Yeah. And and, and another thing I thought about, like, Cheetah, I, I am... Like, she just wants to be strong, but then she decides to be an apex predator. So... She does indeed. A fairy? I, I'm joking. Was, whoa, whoa, that's too far. No, I, it, it felt like such a strange escalation. She's like, oh, I, I, I'm sick of being downtrodden by people. I want to be more like Diana. Okay, fair enough. So she gets strong and then she's like, aha, now I want to be a cheetah? Wait, what? Like, that's a very, how, that's did... a very, very strange, um, like... It's a it's not a very good character development. Yeah, it's just it's just like, oh, I want to be strong, and everyone's like, okay, okay, yeah, we understand. And then she becomes a cheater. What? <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't really know much about cheater in the comics. Yeah, me neither. But if like I don't know if this is like how it is in the comics, but it just feels like rushed, and and it feels like it's really really rare for a comic book film to do two villains well you know the only time that i can really think if i rack my brain the only time that the comic book film really succeeds at doing two villains is in the dark knight trilogy each film has two villains and it works but i think that it's difficult to balance them you know it's like if you think about the dark knight trilogy most of the time it's kind of like a half and half situation you know in batman begins Scarecrow is the villain of the middle, and 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 Ra- Ra's al Ghul. I almost said Ra's al Ghul because that's the proper way of pronouncing it. Christopher Nolan. Um, Ra- Ra's al Ghul. He he's like the beginning and the end villain. 
this time it was like it was like Cheetah and Maxwell Lord were kind of battling it out um for the main kind of spot. Um but right, what did you obviously this film brings back Steve Trevor. What did you think of Steve Trevor? Pointless character. Don't know why. What the heck? <laughs> uh, um Yeah, I didn't really find that impactful at all. I mean in some cases it did. I thought Steve Trevor was, yeah, it's good to see him, but I felt like, eh. I mean, we did see a goodbye, but, you know, I just felt like, oh, that's that's Steve Trevor. <laughs> I feel uh, like getting him there was a bit of a struggle for the film. Yeah. They had him, they had him kind of possess somebody else's body instead of just being brought back. He's in someone else's body and so he's walking around someone else's body the whole time and diana literally sees steve and then at the end he's the regular guy again it's such a strange kind of it was it was a very weird way of doing that you know i thought that was such a like why don't you just bring him back you don't have to explain it just be like i'm back now it's a magic wishing stone you know what kind of what more explanation do you need it's magic yeah and having the stone didn't really have that impact i mean you know it's a wishing stone but i wish there was like a bigger bigger villain you know like a god maybe but no it was just a a a god of deception dollars whatever well i i feel like they might have done that but i feel like after doing that in wonder woman one and that really failed, you know? I mean, it was a bit, you know, washed at the end, but... Yes, yeah. that really failed to introduce Ares. But I think I think the emotional stuff with Steve really worked. I really, really liked the scene where, you know, Steve kind of tells Diana, you have to kind of let me go. There's no way around it, you know. I love you, but, you know, you've got to save the world. And you can't do that if I'm here, you know, you've got to let me go. And she, you have to renounce your wish. And she does. And I thought that was a, such an incredible scene. And then it gets really weird and Diana starts flying. Um, yeah. It was such this really weird scene where she was flying in like the CGI background. And it looked, it wasn't, it didn't have the weight of kind of Man of Steel's first flight, for example. It was more kind of like airy and kind of like, just like her doing a couple of roles on like a and a against the green screen, that all just felt real weird to me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, other than that, I mean, I think the CGI in general was all right, but it yeah, was also yeah. very strange. There were quite a few shots that I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> like you know, in 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 Cairo, when Wonder Woman gets out of the car and she starts running. Oh, yeah. That was such a strange shot. There were just loads of strange CGI shots that I just thought were so weird, man. And I have to say, Hans Zimmer is amazing in general, but I didn't like his score. It was really flat, and I kind of expected him to really kind of go all out with the Wonder Woman theme. I really expected him to do it and make it as impactful as it is in Batman v Superman. But he doesn't, and I was just, I was disappointed by. It. I mean, the scene where he plays Beautiful Lie was wonderful, but other than that, I, I was kind of disappointed by him, which is a real shame because you know, um, yeah, I, I really like him as a composer, and I think he's done some great stuff. Yeah, 
Um, the film was, I don't know. I just it was felt, fine. I think it was fine. Yeah, I, I mean, the failures, with everything, I thought it was just okay. So, when we talked about Wonder Woman, what did you give it out of 10? I can't remember. Oh, the first one. Um, yes. I think a 7. Okay. Eight. I'm yeah, sure. I, I think I, I, I think I give it a seven or an eight. Yeah, I think I we did. We don't know if someone out there, you know, decides to comment down like, "Hey guys, yes you did. You got me." Yeah, I'm sorry, but um, that's how all of our subscribers sound like. We love oh, you guys, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what do you? What would you give One Dorman eighty four? A five, a four. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I give it a five, which is a real shame. I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, it I mean, it didn't like, deliver. That's right. Um, like everything we've seen in the trailer, it was like promising us. It's, it's, it's a 5 out of 10 yeah um, so when this, when this film came out Wonder Woman 3 had not yet been greenlit in fact I think Patty Jenkins even said that she wasn't sure she wanted to do another one but then obviously Wonder Woman 84 was very popular it, a lot of people watched it it wasn't the best kind of received but it was very popular what do you think about the prospect of a third Wonder Woman film um okay that's going to be a bit challenging really um but if they can do something different, which I'm hoping, not like bringing characters, not I'm definitely I'm hoping they're not gonna bring Cheetah back. But if they bring can, Steve back again, bring Steve, bring Steve back again, woo! <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I I wish that you know it could be like something an entire different film, you know, not like not having to follow up like oh no, I miss Steve, oh no, Cheetah, oh no, Maxwell Lord. But Maxwell well, was actually a good character, but yeah, I, I, I think I think if they did a third one, I'd want it to be different. Um, but I don't know if I, I I don't I don't know if I care really. Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I just felt like, eh. So I, yeah, it's like I I want to see DC do some really like cool, interesting. You know, like let directors do like some cool stuff. And, and if it's really great, then I'll be up for a sequel. But, I mean, recently, I just want them to keep on trying new things. There's nothing that I've been like, oh, yeah, I need Shazam 2, I need Aquaman 2, I need Wonder Woman 3, I need Birds of Prey 2. No, I just kind of want to see them get new directors and get people, like, doing new stuff. You know, James Gunn is doing The Suicide Squad, and it looks awesome, but Patty Jenkins will be doing Wonder Woman 3 again, so I don't really know what their kind of plan is with that. Um, yeah, I, I I kind of wish they explored more of the 80s and, you know, like, how Diana just, you know, interacted. Yeah, 
At the beginning of the film, there was a wonderful panning shot of, of pictures on, in Diana's apartment. And it had pictures of all the characters from one, from the first Wonder Woman film. And they were really old. And like it showed that Diana wasn't changing, but the people around her were becoming old and withering. And I thought that would have been so interesting to explore. You know, Diana doesn't age. She has to watch all these people. It's very much like Logan. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to do something like bloody Wolverine? That would be so cool. And they didn't. And I was like, what? Why? Like, that could have been so interesting. Oh, yeah. And Stag Industries. Stag. Simon Stag was in, in the film. Was he? Yeah. Simon Stag, Stag from Batman Arkham Knight. Stag. Um, he made the cloud burst. Oh, cloud burst. Yes. Explodey, explodey, where everyone gets fear. Fear. That's, yeah. That's what, the, that's what the developers of Arkham Knight said in the pitch meeting. Splody, splody, where everyone gets fear. <laughs> and then, and then when I said, "Hey," um, one of them just puts their hands up, like, "And can we, can we have um, Deathstroke a boss fight?" No, no. Building. We're gonna have Joker uh, in it again. The Arkham yeah. gonna be Jason Todd. Spoilers, by the way. Sorry for a game that came out about six years ago. Six years ago, Jesus. I think so. Well, let's have a look. Oh wow, wow. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so that's uh, our... 2015, six years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's our review of Wonder Woman 1984. Finally did it, and it was disappointing. We, but we did it, guys. We've we've literally had a thumbnail ready for, like, six months, so I'm very glad to finally get to do it. Yeah, and um, I even bought the film on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought it was going to be great. I mean, it looked the mise en scene looks incredible. Um, but <laughs> I'll buy it off you. I'll take it. Uh, okay. Uh, how much? Um, well, I mean, how much? How much? How much do you want? Um, I mean, I bought it for a thousand pounds. What? Thousand pounds? Thousand pounds? Yeah. Next week we're going to be doing best film scores we're going to be talking about our top five favorite film scores each Ooh, I'm, and we're going to be talking talk about this i mean yes me too to talk about a very disappointing film but you know it's gonna be fun you know yay yeah it's gonna be talking about our favorite scores you know from star wars from um from dc to any film that you know we could we could talk about and you know i'm gonna i'm, I'm probably gonna surprise you i don't have any star wars or dc on mine Oh, oh. I, I don't have Star Wars or DC on mine. Wait, what? I, I just said that, we, you know, it could be anything, but... It could you know, be anything! It could be anything, you don't know, Dude, but... It's not Star Wars or DC, but it could be... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just remembered Avengers of the Sith. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I might I might put Avengers of the Sith on there. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, uh, it's... it's but like... I, I do have a list uh, already... And, and I'm very, very struggling to have a number one contender, but, you know, it, I'm just not going to have them in order, but, you know. My number one is a no-brainer, but, um, but, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about scores and soundtracks and, yeah, all that goodness. Shall we move on to the weekly viewing segment? Oh, thank God. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, John, what have you watched this week? Tell me. Tell me. Uh, so this week I have watched The Revenant. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes. So, The Revenant is based on a true story. And this true story is incredibly ridiculous and insane. 
like if you look on YouTube, well, that, that will ruin the story of the Revenant. Don't look at that that now, but watch the film, and then you get a clearer picture of what you know what this character is going through. So this story is it, it follows on um on, uh, on a man. Uh, not, um, where does he live? Uh, okay, so man? he lives with the Indians. <laughs> he lives with the Indians called the Pawnee uh, Indians, and he um works with this traveling company or this company you know like sells fur and to trade with the fur um but one day they got attacked by the other by other uh native indians who are living in 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 america so they were having problems with that so then hugh glass um this is the character we're following on um one day gets attacked by a bear and this bear scene is just brutal. Like, oh my god! This, this is the this is the film that won Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and the nice. way that he um, did in this film is just amazing. Like, you you, it's just so realistic. And uh, like what he does, and like uh, like the the pain that is going through, and you. And and the film just makes you cold, or the sudden, or uh, the sudden, you just like, oh, I, I should want to be warm because it, the film is just like so cold and just like, uh, just just want to be warm anyway. Um, and the score, oof, the score is so good, oof, it's just like, is it going like, to be on your top five scores next week? And I have to listen to it again because, um, you know, I have to make that judgment, but um. Yeah, and the the film is just hundred percent natural, and I was just amazed by the cinematography, and and the way that we follow up on this character is impactful, and we understand his intention, like throughout the film, and it's just like, really, wow, wow, that's that's such a, uh, and it's just like a very good revenge st- story, so. Uh, yeah, so, oh, and so Hugh Glass gets attacked by a bear, and then he gets... I keep on hearing Hugh Glass and thinking Hugh Grant, and I'm just imagining Hugh Grant getting attacked by a bear. Ah, help! (laughs) Help, help. I was in Love Actually, and in Paddington 2! So, sorry, uh, let me just continue this plot, like, you know, what what happens. Then, like, you know why? Why do you want to watch this? So then, who glass gets attacked, attacked by a bear? He can't walk. He can't move. Uh, he can't speak. Uh, he can't do anything. So, and then another person, Fitzgerald, who works uh, with Hugh Glass, uh, he said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's leave him. Let's leave him for dead because he can't do anything." So, they basically left Hugh Glass for dead. They just decide, oh, he's he's dead, and it's just crazy so and um and there was like moments that i really really loved um especially the ending um and the i kind of wished i watched it on the cinema because you know that would be really uh, like impactful on the big screen but anywho you can't you can dream for that but um uh, but I watched it. I watched it with headphones, and it's just very, very scary and uh, very um, so engaging to, uh, to have like 
the wonders of headphones but um yeah we were yeah. saying when we met up the other week or the other week the other day we were saying there's no better thing than watching a film with headphones on it's wonderful yeah um so i i give this a film out of 10 because it's just a very it's, it's just wait what out of 10 sorry uh, 10 out of 10 oh, okay i thought you said i give it a film out of 10 and i'm like wow that's wow, wonderful film out of 10. wow film um, out of 10 everyone yeah, and it's just insane how that like with the cinematography and it's just hundred percent natural because usually today with with Hollywood it's just filled it's it's filled with CGI really mm. um, like it's kind of like downgrading a bit so uh, but with 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 the revenue it's just like the one thing that's really happening today in Hollywood you know it's just it's just there you know that's that spark of like having that western type dark dystopia and you know like not yeah. just like having that old western but like it, it's it, i just can't explain the revenue it's just that good it's just very very um and the performance yeah just 10 out of 10 so that's really? it that's welcome to my ted talk and that's it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm blessed to be here um well, I watched, um, well, I started watching, should I say, I started watching Batman the Animated Series. Now, obviously, this, this like, I already know so much about it. It's obviously super famous for producing Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker, um, both of which I know really well from the Arkham games. But what I, you know, I'd never actually watched any, you know, I've never watched The Mask of the Phantasm, I've never watched Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, Batman Beyond, any of the things that have kind of come out of the um, animated series, I'd never watched it before. You know, I was never, I never really watched many of the superhero cartoons when I was a kid, Um, but obviously I heard loads of good about it and watched about, I've watched about 10 episodes so far. And it is really good, there's a really nice, like, simplicity about it. Um, but it really understands the character of Batman and all the characters of all the villains and what makes him so compelling. And the fact that it, it doesn't, it's not like, it, it's still intelligent. It doesn't, it doesn't just have like every ending be a beat em up action sequence. You know, there's a lot of clever kind of detective work and um, logic used in the conclusions. And, and it, like the first episode is about Man Bat and, you know, there's barely any action in it and you know I would expect from a tv show you know like like made for little kids there'd be a lot of like you know bang pal spectacle spectacle you know that's definitely what you kind of get from the the iconic opening which is Batman beating up some thugs and you know the Batmobile and the lightning and the, the timber and Batman theme I mean just I don't want to say the music is also incredible bringing back that original Batman theme is 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 really cool for that kind of era you know in the 90s and it's just it's just a really really nice little um you know batman kind of narrative and it is kind of early on in his career you know like people are still kind of unsure of him but it's it, it's a really pure kind of faithful adaptation of the comics that doesn't you know needs to be scrutinized too heavily and is is loads of fun and and it also is quite tongue in cheek with itself you know like as most batman like films or tv show you get a lot of like kind of comedy with alfred and that kind of stuff's like always really really fun so yeah i think so far i'd give it like a really good eight out of ten i'm really enjoying it um and it's just good to not like you know not have because normally like 
I, for me, there aren't any Batman films that are fine. For me, Batman films are either like really good or really disappointing. So it's good to have something that's just solid. It is solid. It's it's pure. It's great. It's loads of fun. I, I, I got a box set for Christmas, which has all the seasons. I think there's four seasons and the two films. So over the weeks, I'll be watching them. And, um, and yeah, I've really waited a long time to to start watching them but I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far and it, it's a good break from what you kind of get in other batman mediums um and good to have something ongoing you know like something like gotham where you just keep on watching it week by week starts so like really fun and yeah so i think yeah eight out of ten so far and i definitely recommend it to you know anyone who hasn't watched it, it, it it's a really good comic book show wow right um so this week well yesterday i watched a film called sound of metal oh dude i want to watch that yeah uh you not watched it yet not yet right i would recommend you watching it straight away um so this film you would yes i recommend okay. the film straight away you need to watch it straight away because it's straight just... away i'm doing it i'm good go- I'm, I'm doing it now okay bye see you see you later okay right. so uh bye. let me explain on on the film so the film oh, that's, um... a trick. that's a trick i'm back back see oh okay uh yeah so the film uh follows on this um this person who's playing in a in a metal band yeah in a metal band and he loses his hearing and uh he struggles on like he, he, he doesn't want to lose his his dream of like working with his girlfriend on this metal band uh so yeah so um and he decides to oh well his girlfriend wants him to go to this area where um deaf people yeah where there's like um deaf people deaf people like trying to recover but but this one this area is just like specifically for the people who are in need um with, with the hearing loss so um yeah so this is this is interesting for me because i i am i am deaf so um well i got hearing hearing aids so um yeah so this is quite a personal film for me um uh, but like with other films uh, who, who introduced deaf people um they it was there for the story like i, I mean a quiet place um and other films that i can't remember but <laughs> um and uh, so um and yeah with, I, think, I think there's a there's a deaf actress uh, gonna be in eternals yeah which i'm very happy uh, mm. so so yeah and i feel like with with the like with deaf people who are trying to work in the film industry they are uh, they are very struggling um and this film really really uh, reflects on with deaf people and it's very interesting to see someone who's losing hearing and they have to go through this pain because they can't listen to music ever again but and this film is about community, a community, and it's about to be, you know, to be welcomed by that community, and it's great. And I really like that because I've been to a lot of um, 
right with lots of deaf people and and it's just great because I just feel like I'm part of something but now with lockdown I just felt like yeah just alone but yeah um so but with this film um it just yeah it's just quite personal to me because you know you understand this person uh and he's trying to learn the way of how like deaf people you know live in this world and how they go through it and people this film i just think who whoever's deaf and then i'll just go hey have you seen sound of metal and they just go no so i just say just watch that because that's that's how you know that's quite personal to me so yeah, and I really like the character development, um, you know, understanding, um, you know, with Ruben, Ruben's the main character in this film, and you understand the journey that he's going through. Uh, yeah, so I I give this film a 10, 10 out of 10, because like, with everything, with the cinematography, with the score, and it just puts you into the, like, into the world, and... Uh, yeah <laughs> sorry for sounding a bit no that's amazing man thanks for sharing that's uh, yeah it's just yeah. just so personal yeah yeah it, it, it's it's great when people share their personal experiences like that and yeah i really appreciate <laughs> it yeah yeah so it's it's uh and the ending uh the ending uh man that's uh i'm not i'm not uh i'm getting emotional now Ah, oh, God. Um, yeah, the endings uh, represents how I feel, and uh, and it's just great. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for sounding emotional. So, yeah, yeah. Now no, you're good. That, that's amazing. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, will, yeah. I will look out to watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else, what else you watched? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I watched Fleabag seasons oh, one and two. Fleabag. Right. right. Yeah. So this. So obviously, you know, last week I mentioned this because, um, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge being cast in Indiana Jones, and she wrote and starred in Fleabag, and it is just an incredible show. You know, kind of about the power of memory. The whole thing, kind of, you know, it's it's almost as if you start by the first season is season two you know the whole show 
you know, kind of comes off an event that's happened in the past and so many things kind of, it's about this kind of catharsis and, you know, kind of having to like get over things and, 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 and deal with how lives change and how relationships change, which is, you know, a really kind of poignant message to so many people. And which is, and I think, and it's done in, in, a, in, in a pretty funny way, you know, pretty tongue in cheek, you know, quite dirty as well, which is probably a thing with a lot of the appeal. These kind of really, really kind of like serious and traumatic issues for so many people are put into this kind of this scope and this landscape that is, you know, quite funny. But it also it knows, you know, when to, you know, stop and, and, and remind you, you know, what it's all about. It's about, you know, it, it, it's a reminder of love and, and loss and the 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 way that you know people never really leave you you know the people in your life who've gone by you carry them with you and and you know even yet there are there you know there are times when people kind of elaborate on the fact that you know even though someone's gone they're expected to just keep on going but it's it's difficult and it is difficult and there are and 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 it's just it's it's done you know with relatable and somewhat stereotypical characters but they give nuance to the stereotypes and 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 you know they show that even the most kind of basic people can have so much going on beneath them um and and i think the beauty of it is you know it's only two seasons each season has six episodes and it doesn't even end on a particularly happy note but it ends because you know it it and and you know they've elaborated on the fact that season three you know they don't have any plans for season three because it ends on that kind of perfect you know limited like note which is pretty bittersweet it it presents life as it is but it also reminds you to laugh at life because it can be quite funny sometimes and you know like it's just one of those things that so many people can connect can connect with and it's the second time that I've watched it and you know the first time I watched it was a couple of years ago and you sometimes forget it's easy to forget how you know how good things are but also seeing it from a different perspective you know a couple years on is something that is always really kind of surprising you always find you find new things in 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 properties that you you know already know that you like and and you found something back in I found something in 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 Fleabag two years ago and now I'm finding things now and it's just it's a good commentary that uh, you know on life that I think can apply to everyone and is you know not only funny but also really kind of poignant and and nuanced and something that you know you should definitely check out I mean just to not give it a 10 out of 10 I think would be a disservice so I think I have to give it a 10 out of 10 just because it is that interesting and that good and that kind of realistic and affecting for so many different reasons so yeah definitely recommend it it's on um some BBC iPlayer for people in the UK so you can watch it I don't know about anywhere else oh it's on Amazon Prime of course yes it's on it's on it's on Amazon Prime or BBC iPlayer so you can watch them and yeah, I don't think you can go wrong. It's really good. Um, you know, that is if you like some of the dirty humour that it kind of goes for. So you know, you might not love anime it be a thing, but it has a lot to say, and and I think it 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 has some really important messages. There's a reason why it was so popular. So yeah, definitely recommend it, and I give that a ten out of ten. Yeah, I I recommend those two of them, like you said. Um, yes, Fleabag sounds really good. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. I'll, I'll give that a watch. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, especially my sister's friends and my mom and my men's my mom's friends they like oh three bags so good yeah 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 so um yeah and then pie 
yeah, Empire um, reached that. Yeah, I think, yeah, they did that. Yeah, they reviewed that. Yeah, so I that, that's it for me, but I've been watching, I think that's it. Um, anything else? I've been reading White Knights. It's good. Oh, yeah. Very cool. good. Uh, but I haven't finished it yet, so I can't do anything about it. But it's very <laughs> good. Yeah, so that'll be it for me uh, from the weekly viewing. Segment. Well, well, guess what? Something has happened, John. Something that happens only once in a blue moon. No. Yes, John. No. Yes. The email segment. We have an email. Yeah, baby. Yes. So this is from Master Emery, though, who has emailed in before and was actually the last person he emailed in. So we have a recurring fan. This is incredible. OK, so they say it is I, Master Emery, though. Hello, Master Emery, though. They say, I have a question for you, both. Do you all do you watch all the Arrow shows? If not, how come? Oh, John, that's a question for you there. Uh, yeah, and if you a brief rundown of your opinions in the recent episodes would be great. Sincerely, me, Emery, Bo. So, John, <laughs> do you watch the Arrow shows? And if not, why not, John? Why not? See, I do. I um, okay, okay. I, I got to explain here. Um, I don't know why. Okay, so <laughs> it's nothing bad. Okay, it's not bad, okay? Because I didn't get a chance to watch it. And now I think I lost the, 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 the arrow. No, it haven't. I found it. Um, so Yeah, uh, I got it um, in 2019 for Christmas. I got John Arrow season one. Because I know that he loves, loves, loves Deathstroke, as people who listen to the pod will know. And I was like, well, John must love Arrow then. Uh, how many episodes have you watched, John? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, to be fair, you've watched The Flash. You've watched the first four seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have, I have. But I don't know why. But I, 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 it's really, really good. But I just don't know why I just, I didn't why I continue it. I just think, I, I, okay, I didn't think I was in the right mood because... With everything that was happening at the moment, I just didn't know why I watched the show. Oh yeah, because I was. Oh yeah, because I was revising for my uh, for my GCSEs. Oh yeah, that never happened. Banging. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and that makes me. Oh, that made me forget about the show. Oh. Well, there's a reminder for you. Um, and 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 as for the recent episodes, um, I think the start of a season is always like really difficult. I feel like a lot of the shows do take a little bit of time to get into it. And I think that's what's happening with these shows, this year of Arrow at the moment. You know, Arrow is gone now. It's, it's it's over. So we're being carried by, like, The Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, Black Lightning, and Superman and Lois. And they're all kind of fine. Supergirl and Black Lightning are in their final seasons. And it, it doesn't feel special enough. I feel like a final season should be there to revisit old kind of things, show how the characters have developed and changed and kind of celebrate how far the show has come. But for these two seasons, it just kind of feels like business as usual at this point, which I know I, I prefer something else. And I kind of hope that towards the end of the season, they kind of treat it more like it is a special event. Like they did it with Arrow, you know, it, it's important for them to do that. I, I really think so. Um, season six of The Flash was so good. But season seven so far, it's kind of meandering along, not really doing anything for me. But I did talk about in the pod Superman and Lois already, which I think is awesome. I'm loving it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I really hope that, um, you know, they kind of continue to, to do good. And I hope they end as well. Um, I really, you know, I like it when things end. I think it, it shows that, you know, things aren't kind of invincible and, and, and things are special because they end, not because they go on forever. So, yeah, John, 
Watch, watch at least one season of Arrow. The Deathstroke stuff makes it all worth it. I promise. I'll try. Um, no, so. John. Do or do not. There I'll, is no. John. I'll do it. I'll do that's, it. That's okay. Yoda. That's a Yoda reference. J- John, that's a, that's a Yoda reference. It's Star Wars. Okay. Oh, it's Star Wars. Um, it's Star Wars. Yeah, hey, yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, the Bad Batch starts very soon. It does. You so you brushing up on the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, this week was we're watching week of viewing was quite personal, but um, yes, but, it was. No. Yeah, so email. Uh, thank you for emailing us, but uh, I know there's a lot of people who are trying to or they're not doing the comments. But if you got comments, whatever you got to say, just comment down or email us at the Outer Time Film Podcast. Thing was was it Adam? Uh, d- 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 Tom. Do you just I- call me Adam. No. Who's Adam? Do you have another friend oh, you're not yeah, telling me about? I do, I do have a friend called Adam. Okay. I. Oh I, my I, god. I, I play games. Okay. And oh then, my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He has another friend that he's not telling me about. I'm Can sorry. you believe this? Can you believe this, ladies and gentlemen? You're hearing this. Next week's going to be the Out Time Film Pod with Tom. With not Tom. With John and Adam. See, I just did it too. I'm, I'm as bad as myself. As, see, as you. See, I get mixed up with names. I don't know why. <laughs> no, you're all right. You're all right. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, so you can get in touch with us at astonefilmpod at gmail.com. And thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, if you enjoyed, leave a like. Subscribe if you want to see more. Next week, we're going to be doing the, our top five favorite film scores, as well as the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I am so excited. I really hope oh, you don't drop that ball. Don't drop the ball. I hope they don't drop the ball, like, you know, and catch. But then they go... Every week, so. every week we say don't drop the ball, and they haven't yet. So, you know, please, please. I hope they do well. Um, so, yeah, and you can also get in touch with us. Or just follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Our Time Film Pod, or individually on Twitter. I am Tom the Bourbon on Twitter. I am Comedy John 42 on Twitter. And, yeah, so in the coming weeks, we've got best film scores. Um, the week after that, hopefully, we'll talk about Invincible, the Amazon Prime show, and then we're going to start doing The Bad Batch, uh, depending on whether John can watch all of these shows. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's it That's it from us. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. But be safe. Where yes, I'm be at. safe, as always. Yeah. Um, if you're out and about... Uh, we're coming out of lockdown slowly, but it but it is happening. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, for our weekly, you know, just you know, just listening in or just, we, just our weekly little chat. Our little chat just now to, now complete with microphones, microphones and real audio. Better audio. Yeah. I mean, I got a better microphone, but we we just need to. But my computer's not taping. Hey. Honestly, honestly, you don't like, you don't know how much of a step up it is, you know, for you to sound any like, like audible at all. So I wouldn't worry about not having like your microphone into your computer just yet. I wouldn't worry about that. You sound a lot better than you did before. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right then. So without further ado, uh, take what you're given. Yes, listen back. Goodbye. Goodbye.